Welcome to CIO Leadership Live Canada. I'm Lee Rennick, Executive Director of CIO Communities for CIO.com. And I'm really pleased and excited today to welcome Rebecca Hazel, Interim Executive Director at HackerGal. So I really appreciate you joining us here today, Rebecca. Thank you so much. We've really created the series to support the CIO and senior technology leader in their leadership and business journey. Now, I'm excited to have you here today because Hacker Girl is doing such impactful work in Canada around ensuring that girls really understand and have access to training and education and learning around STEM and STEAM subjects. And of course, you know, computer science. So it's really exciting. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your current role at HackerGal and, and a bit more about HackerGirl and what you're doing? Absolutely. So thank you so much for having me. I am in the interim executive director role at HackerGal right now, as you mentioned, filling in for the uh, amazing Lucy Ho, who founded the organization in 2015. Uh, we are uh, working very hard and trying to expand our reach as a national charity. And this year, I've been really focused on trying to build more partnerships, build more connections within the uh, tech community and the STEM community and network that we have available uh, in our organization and beyond it and also being able to really help us keep delivering incredible innovative programming to girls, to gender diverse kids across the country. Since 2015, we have, I think, accessed 27,000 learners, which is incredibly impressive for a small and mighty charity. We've partnered with over thousand schools and community centers, and we've really worked very closely with educators and community leaders to try to support their own learning in coding and digital skills so that they can impart that on the kids in their communities. Uh, we are really proud of the way that we deliver our hackathon programming. It's a big annual event that occurs every year around May or June. It's a culminative event. A lot of hard work goes into it. And the kids participate in it within their coding clubs, which are set up across the country. We also have a high school program, which is called the Ambassador Program, and a scholarship program, which is available for kids. And we really do try to achieve the goal of closing the gender gap in tech. It's a long-term goal. It's generational almost. Um, and we're very invested in trying to work very specifically with middle school and high school students, knowing that that's where confidence is often lost where interest in STEM often declines because there isn't a representation or adequate resources available to support their learning. Um, it's really something that's an incredible mission and movement to be a part of, and I always welcome more people becoming part of our community. Yay, I'm clapping right now, yay. Thank you for <laughs> giving us an overview on what you do, and it's so impactful. And of course, I'm involved in HackerGal. You know, I'm helping out with the fundraising committee, and you know, had a chance to meet Lucy three or four years ago and just, you know, realize so many systemic issues and how we ensure that girls have access and easy learning to technology and understand the value of it and creating those environments that are very supportive, you know, and I wanted to talk about, and I actually ask a lot of my interviewees this question. There was an opinion piece in the Globe and Mail about the tech sector in Canada. Um, in fact, you know, our number of women in the sector is declining. It's about 23 or 24% right now. Um, and one of the reasons why it's declining is, uh, you know, really, um, it's not felt as a welcoming place for women to be working. So when I asked about the questions you wanted to talk about, one of the things you wanted to talk about was the very persistent gender gap in technology, and that girls are being left behind in the tech sector. So you know, there's many contributing factors, you know, societal beliefs, the environments, obviously, that this opinion piece talks about women's roles, 
you know, really that discrimination in the workplace uh, and the lack of role models. We're hearing that from a lot of women right now. So can you talk about some of the ways HackerGal is removing those barriers for girls across Canada? Absolutely. So the tech gender gap is persistent. That's something I often describe it as persistent because if you look back 30 years, even though there is a recent decline um, that we can refer to now, it really hasn't changed much at all. It's been at that 20, 23%, maybe 25 at sometimes at a peak, but it's just been there for, for about 30 years. Um, and that's a problem. We really want to make sure that we're closing that gap, not just for the benefit of socioeconomic opportunities for the girls and gender diverse kids who are in our programming, but also for the benefit of the planet. We think about all of the big challenges that are facing our world right now. Uh, we really need diversity and gender diversity in important tech roles going forward so that we're able to represent the concerns and the solutions that will be best for everybody. Uh, we're really happy to be able to start off by, in my mind, Let's start with representation, because when I think about us being able to showcase women who work in tech at our events visually, when the girls can see women who look like them, who have had experiences like them in established roles within the tech sector, or maybe they're early in their career and they're in a technical role, just seeing that in itself can be incredibly powerful and motivating. And it's something that you don't always see in the media or in society. You know, we have to really intentionally put that forward and do the research and find it and make sure that they're seeing it represented as often as possible. Secondly, you know, that's one part of it, but we also have the actual coding curriculum. Some provinces and territories in Canada don't have established coding curriculum or accessible curriculum that any teacher can just pick up and work with. Um, often there's a bit of nervousness or imposter phenomena sometimes amongst the teachers who are thinking, why me? You know, I can't do coding. Why? How can I teach it to kids? We really try to make sure everything that we deliver is original. It's tailored to our audience. We take feedback. We make sure that we're designing curriculum that's impactful and relevant. And we make sure that teachers are able to feel confident when they find our curriculum on HackerGal Hub, which is our learning management system. They can run with it. They can start a coding club in their school and provide that resource to kids so that that can supplement their learning. Our coding clubs in themselves, I would say that's kind of the third part of the equation. That's a space where kids can make mistakes, feel comfortable raising their hand, um, and girls specifically, when in certain environments, maybe they feel a little shy or nervous, or the majority of the kids in the class who are raising their hands are boys, creating coding clubs, these special safe places where they can experiment and feel a little bit nervous, but then overcome that. That social aspect of what we deliver is incredibly impactful. And being able to raise confidence and motivation by having that peer support, by having that um, kind of empowering moment where they can see that they're part of something bigger, not just within the group, but in the country overall of being part of our events in their coding club. Um, that's a really powerful part of it. So it's not only the visual representation, it's backing it up with good curriculum, and then it's being able to create the social network and support that they need to keep pushing, to keep going into high school and beyond and be at the you know interview that they're going to get that job at Amazon or wherever, um, you know we need them to have that training early on so that they feel like they can achieve that long-term. Yeah, no, that is fantastic. And I was speaking to um, 
somebody who's leading a woman that's leading a tech organization right now. And she was saying how important it is just to show up and be there in her role with, um, you know, students who are learning or wanting to learn just as a role model. Um, And, you know, her message too was, you know, it's not just about computer science. I know I mentioned that in the beginning, but it really isn't. It's not just about coding now, you know, companies, if you're listening in on this interview, you know, we're really creating the future leaders of tomorrow. As Rebecca mentioned, we're creating diverse networks. Uh, We know that women, in leadership roles create more stakeholder value for companies it's documented it's researched right so the ability to come in now and support an organization like this who's really helping to build a better a better life for canadians a better economic you know vi- visualization of what canada canada can be a leader in technology I think is key and and you've just inspired me so much, Rebecca, thank you. So I know a key priority for Hacker Gal is really reaching those who need you the most. And that's also very essential for any organization such as yourself. So can you elaborate on what that means, why it's important and what steps uh, Hacker Gal takes to expand your impact in all communities across Canada? Yeah, so HackerGal was founded in Toronto. That's where we started. Um, And we were able to grow within the city and then continue our reach within Ontario and then beyond gradually over time to where we are now, which is from Comics Valley, British Columbia, where we had a really strong coding club uh, all the way to Halifax. You know, we are trying to grow our reach as much as we can. It's natural that city centers, metropolitan areas will have more resources than other regions in the country, whether that's strong internet, which is a huge factor when you're doing coding education and digital skill education for kids. Um, If you don't have strong internet, it's gonna be a trouble to connect to virtual programming or to even operate some of the programs that you might need to code on your computer. Uh, You may not have a laptop. You may not have access to a computer. Um, Maybe your school just doesn't have the kind of resources that a school in downtown Toronto would have when it comes to extracurricular programming. So we're acknowledging that we're learning every day from teachers what they have available and what they don't. Uh, We've worked with places like Calgary Board of Education, being able to work within their community and learn very much about what they're working with. But when it comes to communities that are north of there, you know, potentially in northern Alberta, um, not necessarily Edmonton, what about somewhere in the middle, you know, how do we access those communities and provide the support that they need in a way that's relevant, attentive to their needs and is built on trust. We really want to be able to serve under-resourced communities, particularly BIPOC communities. Um, We know that we're not going to go into these communities without any consultation and just say, hey, here we are, this is what we do. That's not how it works. We have to spend time investing in the relationships within those communities and think critically about what they need and try to adapt our programming to serve their needs better. Uh, We have a wonderful model of trying to connect with teachers and trying to connect with community leaders first. That's how we start. And that really does enable us to create these relationships effectively. We know that we have to start with the schools and then maybe we connect with community centers, which are in the area. We work with communities through the people who are trusted within them so that there is that sense of responsibility that we take. You know, we don't want to just provide something that's not going to work. We want to work with them and create something that's sustainable and long-term that's gonna be around for a long time. Uh, So we have that adaptability, we have that flexibility, we work with teachers, with community leaders directly. We don't just come in and show up, we try to make sure it's a long-standing relationship. 
And particularly with rural and remote communities, this is something that we have always really wanted to do. Um, it does require funding. It does require a lot of support because in, even if we get there, maybe we need to bring resources with us. So we would need to pay for that extra baggage or you know, find a way to deliver resources to these communities. You know, long-term, I see a wonderful goal being able to go to potentially flying communities and show up and bring this amazing programming and be able to train and to offer resources that can be kept there and really sustain our programming long-term. Um, that's something that takes time, that takes funding, but we are very committed to serving those who need us most, whether it's in community centers in downtown core or whether it's in rural communities in Northern Ontario or wherever else in the country that are interested in empowering their girls toward coding education and careers in tech. Fantastic, yeah, and it's really essential. I think, you know, from what you're saying, you've got a plan and you're forward thinking and how you can ensure that everyone has access across Canada to your programs. And it does require a lot of support and funding. And, you know, obviously from a programming perspective too, you're taking into consideration, you know, what's needed and how you're gonna work collaboratively and take guidance from those other community partners. So congratulations for that. This segues a little bit into the next question, which, you know, we talked earlier in your introduction around your multi-level impact that Hacker Girl has, you know, you're working in the schools, with the educators, with parents and the girls directly. So could you talk a little bit about this impact and how girls in the program have consistent and very progressive access to STEM education, really to build our future ready competencies for them? Yeah, absolutely. So our key programming falls into two categories. We work with girls and gender diverse kids who are between grades six and nine for our hackathon program. So that middle grade we all remember what it's like being that age, very vulnerable, very subject to influence and really needing the guidance and support and structure that can help you down a good path and help you support your interests. Um, that's our hackathon program. It's, it's national as is all of our programming and culminates in that hackathon event at the end of the school year. It's supported by the creation of coding clubs across the country. That's for our grade six and nine students. And then we have our high school program, which is smaller. It's more exclusive. It's at about 30 participants now. They're all kind of graduates of the hackathon program who didn't want to say goodbye to HackerGal, who wanted to keep building their tech skills, continue their relationship with us and potentially have access to four years of programming during high school. If they finished our hackathon in grade nine and they said, you know what, next year I'm gonna be an ambassador, they could stay with us for the duration of their high school experience and we could be that support for them. So we do offer that kind of continuous support in our programming. It is an option to all of our participants. And we also offer a scholarship program, which we've been able to do thanks to the support of our generous donors at RBC X and Faskin. Um, they have enabled us to bring scholarships into the lives of our ambassadors, which is really um, an amazing opportunity, um, being able to use that toward tuition. You know, they do end up going into STEM programming, which is a wonderful testament to the, the work that we've done with them over the past few years. But there's that design of the program. It's very intentional. We know that there could be a relationship that exists for multiple years, and we're willing to provide that to the participants in our program. Our curriculum in itself is progressive. We have really brilliant minds behind it. They design it so that it is not only an introduction, but you're able to enhance your skills, that you can access it uh, over the course of several years or several months if you're very quick and you have a lot of interest. You can blitz through the entire curriculum and uh, work through it on your own pace, or you could do it with your coding club. Um, it's really flexible in that, and we are proud to be able to expand it. Next year, we're hoping to add in some more coding languages like that are more marketable for the kids, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, 
and also block-based coding. We're going to try to expand our curricular offerings more so that the kids can walk away with things they can put down on their resume and say, you know, I did this, I'm trained in HTML, I can support your company. Um, that's really something that would be serving them long-term as well, creating a basis for them to develop their career. Even at a young age, these kids are so aspirational and incredibly motivated. Their resumes are longer than mine sometimes, somehow. Yeah. And uh, it's just amazing to see what they do with the material that we're giving them and how much they're able to run with it and build things and dream big and think about the future. Um, we really try to always focus on social impact. I think when we're talking about soft skills, we really train for collaboration, community building, uh, global citizenship trying to make sure they're always thinking about what they can do on this earth in a positive way with their careers. And that's something that is very far ahead in the future. Like I said before, we're generational. <laughs> we're not expecting this change to come overnight, but we're hoping that we can train the kids to think about social impact in their careers. You know, it's not all about the money. It's also about what you can do to help our world. Every year we have a new social impact theme. Last year it was sustainability and this year it's cybersecurity trying to get them to think critically about their role and ensuring that the online space is safe and secure for everybody across the world and really become their own cyber heroes in terms of securing our future as a planet um, and motivating them toward the hackathon so that they can work hard on projects and create projects that are about finding innovative solutions to some of the biggest problems that we're facing right now. So we try to do all of that work within our curricular offerings, within our programming, always having that core value of social impact and trying to make sure it's, it has longevity. We don't want people to just drop out of the program. We wanna see them succeed. And we wanna know in 10 years time, they're gonna give us an email and say, hey, you know, I got that internship uh, and I'm really excited about it. And, and it was part of my work at HackerGal that motivated me toward that. So fingers crossed, I can't wait to see those emails come in. Uh, but it is, it's really wonderful to be a part of something that big um, and that long-term. Really fantastic. I was in Calgary uh, and Vancouver last week uh, hosting some roundtables. And, you know, one of the CTOs sitting at the table uh, last week was saying, you know, my position I always take is thinking about how I can make an impact. We should be thinking about how we can make an impact. And, and I know they do, but it's like how strategically we can make an impact to help and make sure that whatever we're producing or creating as technology leaders or, you know, will be have a sustainability lens, have a security lens. So it's really exciting to hear that. And certainly that's aligning with a lot of, a lot that I'm hearing from, from some of the C-suite leaders I'm speaking with, which really mm -hmm. takes us to the last question. And that's about partnerships. So, you know, I know a lot of tech leaders will be watching this and wondering how they can really support or become a part of the movement or just have, you know, learn more about HackerGal. So for anyone tuning in, could you provide some information on how they can become uh, involved with the organization? Absolutely. So we, as a first point of call, of course, check out our website. I know that's a broken record. Everyone says that, but it is a good place to start. Uh, we have some great annual reporting on there and impact reports that you can uh, dig into to find a little bit more detail about what we've been able to accomplish over the past few years. Uh, when it comes to connecting with us as a corporate uh, body or, or you know, somebody who wants to be involved in multi-year partnership with their organization, um, wants to really commit to HackerGal, we have a dedicated team of staff who are very interested in talking with you and figuring out the unique way that your company can partner with us. We offer a really tailored approach, so it depends on what you're interested in. If you want to have speakers from your organization chat with some of the high school age learners in our ambassador program and mentor them or offer them that kind of career support 
or if you want to have a speaker appear from your organization at a national event virtually and be streamed to hundreds and even more than a thousand learners across the country and have that high profile, we can also engage with you on that. Uh, we also have smaller ways that people can support, you know, contributing to some of our resources that are on the hub um, and trying to make sure that your, your presence is there on that learning management system. And also our social media audience is quite big. So we also are really proud to be able to feature our sponsors on our social media platforms. When it comes to the this time of year, holiday giving, you know, employee giving, that's something that we really find a great deal of support in and um, are able to be very proud to walk away with some really committed organizations who, who share HackerGal with their community. And as a result, we do get a lot of support from that, which we're very proud of. Um, if you are interested in starting that up with our organization as a, as a charity that you want to support and advocate for in your community, we are more than happy to connect and uh, be able to really educate your your community about what we do and and it is a movement you know i call it a movement lucy calls it a movement it's something that you feel like you are not just a part of in a short-term way but you know about the investment that you're making with your time or your funds this is about the future <laughs> and it's about seeing that person like i said in 10 years time nail that interview and get to the stage of their career where they feel very proud about being a woman in tech and inevitably altering that gap because we need to we need to do something about it it's it's ridiculous that it's still where it's at where it has been for 30 years let's do something positive with the next 30 this is a wonderful opportunity to connect with us and, and we have a lot of very exciting things planned for the next year thank you so much for for sharing that and yes it's a an amazing organization for all those listening in and tuning in today you know, if you're looking at your ESG and your diversity and how you want to help build a more sustainable workforce for the future for Canada, certainly meeting with Rebecca, meeting with the team, talking to HackerGal is one of the ways that you can do it. I'm very proud to be associated with the organization and very happy, Rebecca, that you were able to join me today right before the holidays to talk about HackerGal um, and for our community to learn more about it. So thank you so much for joining us today, Rebecca. It was an absolute pleasure, and I look forward to more conversations going forward. Wonderful. And for those listening in, if you want more information on HackerGal, we will definitely include a link in this interview. Thanks so much again.